I want you to welcome those beside you and welcome them to the glorious service and welcome them into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. the circumstances are whatsoever the situation are according to the word of God you will celebrate men and women will come and celebrate with you 
In the name of Jesus. The sound of celebration shall be heard in your camp. In every faculty of your life, in every aspect of your life, according to the word of God, there shall be celebration. And the families, and the businesses, in your vocation, in everything that you do, there shall be celebration. For the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and the everlasting song shall be on their tongues. Sorrow and sigh has flee. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you will celebrate. We will celebrate. In the name of Jesus. Regardless of what the enemy has said. Regardless of what people have told you. According to the word of God. Now I prophesy in the name of Jesus that you will celebrate. Friends and folks to celebrate with you. In the name of Jesus. This very week, you will celebrate. Every long awaited celebration is due now. In the name of Jesus. For only the shout of victory shall be heard in the camp of the righteous. There shall be a shout of celebration in the name of Jesus. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And I prophesy according to your word this morning, Lord. There shall be celebration. Because Jesus lives. The power of the resurrection is upon us now. In the mighty name of Jesus. The life of God is upon us now. In the name of Jesus. He said the stranger they shall panic. And they shall rush out of their hidden places. Who seeth and it come to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? In the name of Jesus. And according to the word of God. You will celebrate. In your families, you will celebrate. The Lord shall take you out of their distress. And he shall bring you unto a broad place. Where there shall be no restriction. Where there shall be no limitations. And the Lord will cause your mouth to laughter. In the mighty name of Jesus. So shall it be. According to the word of God. In Jesus name we pray. Will you give a clap offering unto the Lord. 
You may be seated. Hallelujah. Bring greetings from Pastor Bank and Pastor Sharon, who are not here today. They're ministering outside of the state. And our prayers are with them. May they bring greetings to you and welcome you to this service today. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. If there be any celebration you have been waiting for for a long time, the Lord said it is time, it's due. It shall be celebration, amen, in the name of Jesus. We're going to speak briefly this morning on the word of God that says, I am resurrection and life. And this is a word that came out of the mouth of Jesus himself as we're continuing our series of unveiling the revelation of Jesus Christ or unveiling Jesus Christ, amen. So we're going to look at that word of God that says, I am resurrection and I'm life. And we're going to look at the book of John chapter 11. We'll read from John chapter 11. And we will have some few words. And then we will go ahead and celebrate. Is that okay? Hallelujah. I am resurrection and life. We're all familiar with this story. It's a very, very popular story in the scriptures that talks about Jesus coming to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. That story is in the book of John chapter 11. And we know how that Jesus was still, that Lazarus has died while he was ministering in a neighborhood about two miles or three miles away, he was told that Lazarus was sick. But Jesus waited for two more days before actually responding, amen? And we're going to trust God this morning to give us epiphany from his word. As we go through the scriptures quickly. And as we read the scripture, I'm going to just point to those epiphany that I want you to hold tightly onto. Am I? I'm going to read from the book of John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And I'm going to read in the message translation. Amen. A man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. This was the same Mary who massaged the Lord's feet with aromatic oils and then wiped them with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Master the one you love so very much is sick, Epiphany. The one you love so very much is sick. I know there are so many of us that oftentimes we ask questions. 
either because you're sick or you're going through circumstances or some situations and there is question in your heart and I can guarantee you I know where that question is coming from. It's a suggestion from Satan. And the question is always, why, God? Why am I going through this? Why me? Do you not love me? Hallelujah. The one you love so very much is sick. Sickness, circumstances, situations does not translate to God not loving you. You hearing me? Situations or circumstances that are not so good does not mean that Jesus does not love you. If anything, here we are seeing the scripture saying to us, the one that Jesus loves so very much is sick. Because oftentimes as Christians, we question, why would God love me so much and I'll be sick? Why would God love me so much and I'm going through this stress? Why would God love me so much I'm going through this situation? Hallelujah. I want you to hold tight unto that. God loves you. Regardless of what you're going through. God loves you so very much. Regardless of your situation. Jesus loves you so very much. Regardless of what you're going through. Do not allow the devil to tempt you. Or to trick you. And we will see quickly as we go back to look. In the beginning. It is an old trick. But oftentimes, as Christians. We still fall into it. Hallelujah. It is a trick. So when there is a suggestion in your heart. When there is trouble or when there is tribulations or when something is not going all right and you're beginning to feel within your spirit the question about the love of God, know the source is from the devil. Shut it down. Quickly shut it down. Confess and say, I know God loves me very much. And will you say that with me? I know that God loves me very much. I am convinced that God loves me very much. Amen? It has to become an indelible imprint in our heart. No circumstance, no situation, no power, no principalities can separate us from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. It is simply a trick from Satan. And as soon as we know, we overcome Satan by the words of our mouth and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Verse number four. 
When Jesus got the message, he said, this sickness is not fatal. It will become an occasion to show God's glory by glorifying God's son. Hallelujah. Epiphany. Every circumstance, every situation that comes to our life has the same potential. The potential to glorify God. The potential to turn onto something that will bring forth praise and glory to the name of God. Regardless of what the situation is. The enemy doesn't want us to know this. And oftentimes when we are in situation, these don't come to mind. What God wants us to do tonight, um, uh, this morning, is that these should become an indelible print in our heart. Because it is the word of God. That is the power of God unto salvation. When the word of God becomes flesh in us, we have victory in the name of Jesus. So, we need to bear that in mind. That every situation that I'm faced with on the daily basis has the potential to glorify God. It is contingent upon my response. My response to that situation determines if it will produce the result. But every situation that the Lord God Almighty permits to come into our life was designed to bring forth praises to the glory of, name, of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Because this is the paradigm shift. When our mind is renewed and our mind has shifted, into a position that God wants us to be, we begin to see the miracles and the power of God manifest like little man business. Amen? Hallelujah. Because of time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to you know, move a little bit quickly. In verse number five, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Watch this. But... Oddly, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. Epiphany, why? Why will he love them so much? And when he heard that Lazarus was sick, I don't even think he planned to stay two extra days. All of a sudden, Jesus decided to stay two more days. Hallelujah. And why he stayed two more days? The sickness got worse. And Lazarus died. Hallelujah. Don't forget, we are looking at the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and life. Do we have anyone here today that you have written a letter or you have said a prayer to Jesus and you have reported an issue to Jesus and it has passed two days and Jesus has not yet come? Anyone? Anyone like that? And has it crossed your mind? Perhaps he doesn't love me. 
Perhaps it's because of my sin. Perhaps it's because of what my great grandparent did. Perhaps it is this, perhaps it is that. Emphasis. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When you see God repeating a word multiple times in the scripture, he's calling your attention to it. Yet, he stayed two days, two more days, before actually showing up. When there is a delay in Jesus showing up into a situation you have reported to him, even though he loves you very much, and he delayed two more days. It is for a reason. The reason is simply because he wanted everyone to know convincingly that yes, the situation was at the tail end. It was a dead end. And Jesus resurrected it. He wanted convincing conviction. Wherein no one will have any doubt that this was God. And if, if we have time and we're able to get there, you will see. Hallelujah. Again, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Every time you send a word to Jesus in prayers, and Jesus delayed in answering. For two extra days, or two extra weeks, or two extra months, or two extra years, guess what? He didn't forget. He did not forget. It wasn't as if he forgotten. No, he did not forget. And he wants you to know he did not forget. He wants us to be in a position where we know he did not forget. Where we are not threatening, where we are not threatening, where we're standing, firmly waiting for him. Because he never forgets. For those whom he loves, he will never forget your, reputation, your request. Hallelujah. Jesus tarried for two more days. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Amen. Verse number eight. Uh, well, let me finish verse number five to seven. It says, Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus, but only when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed in where he was for two more days. After the two days, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And there was a story about how they were planning to kill him. I'm going to jump. Um, you can read um, all through those. In verse 11, he said, These things and then announced, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to wake him up. Amen? It's almost as if Jesus was making light of the situation. Did, did you sense that? At this point, Jesus has died. I'm sorry. 
uh, Lazarus has died. But Jesus said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Why would Jesus make such a light gesture? Why would Jesus be saying, Lazarus is asleep? When indeed Lazarus is dead. You see, we give more weight to the problem than the solution. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Jesus knows that the death was not real death. He made light of it because the power of God is above every situation. And God is doing that because of you and me. When we look at the situations that we are faced with, our miracle depends on how much credence we give to God and how much credence we give into the situation. The value that you place on God who has solution to every problem in the earth and the width you put on the situation. God wants us to see every situation in the light of his omniscient and omnipresent power. And so when you look at a situation and you look, just look at the situation, the story of Goliath and the story of David. You see how big the situation looks like and how small David looks like? But did you see how David magnified God above Goliath and victory was certain? God is calling our attention to every situation in the scriptures. He wants us to make the situation look light. In comparison with his majestic authority and power. We don't magnify a problem above God who has solution to every problem. Hallelujah. He has the solution. So he was able to make light of the situation, make it less important. Hallelujah. Finally, he told them plainly when they didn't understand because we are like the disciples. We don't get it. They don't get it. And finally, he told them, Lazarus is dead. And we're going to wake him up. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm hoping you're taking note because this is the victory that the Lord has given unto us. Amen. He is the resurrection and he is life. Right? Death cannot swallow up the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know that has already been settled. Death was defeated at the cross of Calvary. Death could not hold him captive. He's risen. And as a result of that, he wants us to begin to operate from a vantage position. He wants us to begin to operate in a way where we know whose we are. Where we understand who is living inside of us. If you're born again, we cannot carry the Prince of Peace. The one who has life and who gives life. 
unto everything that was created and yet we see death and we are threatening. It doesn't match up with our faith. There is a discrepancy and heaven recognizes that. Satan recognizes that. If I say I have God of heaven living inside of me and I see death and I'm threatened, there's something wrong. There's a mismatch. God wants us to recognize this. He wants us to operate according to what we have professed. So that every situation that we are faced with is diminished. Why Jesus is magnified. And the next thing you see is miracle. Hallelujah. Give a clap offering unto Jesus. Let's move to verse 21. Because of time. Martha said, Master, if you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. Jesus said, your brother will be raised up. Martha replied, I know. See, Christians, we know the lingo. And we go by the motion. He said, I know. Don't be quick to say, I know, when Jesus is talking to you. Because your knowledge is just, it's limited. The Bible said the knowledge of his wisdom is unfathomable. When Jesus is talking to you, keep quiet and listen. Hallelujah. Matter. It's not like Mary, who is always sitting down quietly and listening. Martha is a sheer lady. I mean, she's a sheer lady. She's, she's a sheer leader. You know, she's one of those people that, you know, they're always bubbling and they are very good. You know, statistics say they are the ones that probably <laughs> make the best CEO. Amen? Hallelujah. So, Jesus was saying, your brother We'll be raised up. He said, she said, I know. What did Martha knows? I know that he will be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. And Jesus, in verse number 25, you don't have to wait for the end. I am right now. Resurrection and life. Hallelujah. The one who believes in me, even though he or she dies, will live. And everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die at all. Do you believe this? Yes, Master. All along, I have believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Matter, matter, matter. 
Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Every situation of our lives, God has designed to use to train us the mystery of the kingdom. And God wants us to pay attention. He wants us to sit at his feet to listen. Everything Jesus is saying, matter is not listening. Do you know why? Lazarus is already dead for the past four days. And why Jesus is bringing revelation unto matter. The revelation for which Lazarus died. The reason why Martha was in that situation was to come to this revelational knowledge. But because of the situation, Martha is already overwhelmed. And every scripture she knows, they are now muddled up. They are messed up. Hallelujah. Jesus is saying right now. I'm talking about right now. I am resurrection and life right now in your situation. No story. Not tomorrow. Not the end. No, 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 no. Right now. Amen. Why we are in situations. God does not want us to be like matter. God wants us to be like Mary. And we will see it in a minute. Martha is overwhelmed, crying, weeping, and all kind of stuff, complaining and murmuring, blaming Jesus, blaming God, blaming friends, blaming family. And God don't want that. God wants Martha to know, as long as Jesus is with you, I am resurrection, I am life. I am solution. To death. Every time we talk about resurrection and life, it is because there is death. There is no need to talk about resurrection and life if there is no death. And death in this scenario is physical. The physical death doesn't have to. It could be death. In relationship, it could be a business death. Have you heard the phrases, the business is dead? The marriage is dead? Now, those are not physical death. There are circumstantial death, situational death. Jesus, as he is the resurrection and life for the physical death, he is the resurrection and life. For every other death. Hallelujah. Do you believe? That was a question. Which you and I need to answer. Do you believe? If a business is dying or a business is death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He can bring it back alive. See spiritual death. Is the deactivation. Of the life of God and the purpose of God. From a man or a woman. Spiritual death is the deactivation of the life of God and the purpose of God from a man or from a situation. 
Resurrection is the reactivation of the life of God and the purpose of God in the life of a man or a woman or a situation. Did you get that? When there is death in business, the life of God in that business and the purpose of God in that business has been deactivated. That business is no longer serving God's purpose. Resurrection means God can reactivate it. But there are things we need to do. If there is death in a relationship, maybe husband and wife, the life of God and the purpose of God in that relationship has been deactivated. The power of resurrection of Jesus can reactivate the life of God and the purpose of God in that relationship. And it will become a living soul. I don't have time to go back to Genesis. When God created man, the Bible said he breathed unto him. And man became a living soul. To be a living soul is a different ballgame than just your heart beating. When God said he became a living soul, he wasn't talking about the heart beating getting oxygenated, or whatever it is that biology has told us. To become a living soul means the life of God and the purpose of God was transferred unto that man. That's what it means to become a living soul. The life of God and the purpose of God was activated in that man. So spiritual death means the deactivation of the life of God and the purpose of God in a man or woman or situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking at the time and there's so much to talk about, but I think I don't want us to miss that. Amen. So the story of the death of Lazarus was to bring the power of Jesus' resurrection and the revelation behind it unto us. So that we can continuously on a daily basis have victory over death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have victory over death. Again, either physical death, material death, relational death, emotional death, whatsoever. Have the capacity or capability to deactivate the life of God and the purpose of God, the power of resurrection of Jesus was released to take care of it. And every time there is physical or spiritual death, there is wailing, there is crying, there is complaining, there is mourning, but also there is Mary. Mary, hallelujah, say Mary. Did you pay attention? I don't know if I did wink, wink, nudge, nudge. On this one, uh, where Martha said, the moment Martha saw Jesus, she said, in verse 21, if you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And what did she get in response? Bible study. Bible study, yes. Jesus had to begin to teach her 
the revelation of resurrection and life. And so many of us were at that point. When in Jesus started for two days and finally when he arrived, our response to him elicited Bible study. It means we are going to wait more longer. Bible study, because Jesus is looking for a way to bring revelation in every situation. But look at Mary. Look at Mary. The same statement, and that's wink, wink, nudge, nudge here. Let's look at Mary. In verse number 28, after saying this, she went to her sister Mary and whispered in her ear, and the teacher is here. And is asking of you for you. The moment she heard, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. The moment she heard that, that she jumped up and ran out to him. Jesus had not yet entered the town, but was he oh, at the place where Mara had met him. Let me jump because of uh, time. Um. Mary came to where Jesus was, not, not wink, wink, waiting, uh, where Jesus was waiting and fell at his feet, saying, Master, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Ah. Rather than crying, complaining, the Bible says she fell in worship. Not, not, wink, wink. God wants us to worship instead of worrying. Situation was not designed to make us worry. No, it was Satan hiding behind situation to make us worry. Situations was designed to make us worship, bow and worship. And have you seen that it is like swimming against the tide? The time you want to worship God is never the time you are in a situation. And that's the time God wants you to worship. The opposite spirit. Men of this world cry in anguish. When they are in situation, the kingdom of God, situation elicits worship. When they are in situation, God is waiting for someone to worship him. God is looking for someone to bow and worship him so he can manifest his power. You create the atmosphere for miracle when you are in a situation and you learn to worship rather than worry. And that's what God is bringing into our attention. The same statement, if you have been here, my brother wouldn't have died, but the attitude were different. One was in the attitude of worship, the other in the attitude of complaining. Look at a different Result, what worship does in situation, what God does 
when situation is presented at the altar of worship, look at what Jesus responded to Mary. As opposed to Bible study that matter got. Are you with me so far? When Jesus saw her sobbing, and the Jews with her sobbing, a deep anger well up within him. He said, where did you put him? Do you want miracle now? Do you want God to minister to your situation instantly? Learn to worship. Rather than wasting time in giving you Bible study, Jesus said, where did you let him? Because at this point, the anger of God was already welling inside of Jesus over Satan. Where did you let him? No Bible study. No talking back and forth. No training about resurrection. Why? Because Mary had always learned at the feet of Jesus. Where did you let him? Instantly. That was what worship is supposed to bring to us. When we are in a situation, God wants us to worship. Regardless of how long Jesus tarried, they were both waiting. They were both waiting. Why Jesus tarried? But Mary, because she's been thought of God, worshiped and presented the case in worship. Tell your neighbor, will you learn to present your case in worship? As opposed to worrying. Hallelujah. My time is, is fast, man. Where did you put him? Every time God asks you, where? He said, don't deal. But when God is still giving you Bible scriptures, it means you have not learned the lesson. There's still revelation that you need to learn. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. No. Because once he gives you this victory, he wants that victory to be a testimonial for many more victory. And he wants you to learn the revelation of that situation. Amen? Okay. The most... Beautiful verse in the scripture is this. Now verse 34. Master, come and see. They said, Jesus wept. Now Jesus wept. Why would Jesus weep? Jesus was not weeping because Lazarus was dead. No. Jesus was weeping because she finally got someone that gets it. Why would he be weeping when, when he's going to wake Lazarus up? He wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. No. Jesus was emotional to see that someone could worship him even in a death situation. Jesus was excited. This was a cry of joy. Jesus wept. Can you imagine 
if we learn the revelation that God is giving unto us, we could have been causing Jesus to weep every time. And when Jesus wept, dead, the dead will rise. Yeah, that situation will come alive. Because heaven cannot afford the tears coming out of the eyes of Jesus. Oh, you forgot when he wept at the cross of Calvary? Thousands, millions today are born again and they are saved. Every time Jesus weep, salvation is bound to happen. Miracle is bound to happen. And worship brings Jesus to tears. No worries. Worries at best will bring you Bible study. Jesus wants to teach you more. The worship brings Jesus to tears. And bring miracles and things that only him can do. Hallelujah. Ah, yeah. The time is far spent. Hallelujah. Then Jesus. The anger again welling up within him. Arrived at the tomb. Can you imagine God going into our situation with this kind of. With, with, with this emotion coming into our situation with an anger to destroy the kingdom of darkness and everything that is wailing against us to put an end to every situation that is causing us to worship him in such an agonizing manner and Jesus went there and said Jesus raised his eyes to the heaven and pray, Father, I'm grateful that you have listened to me. I know you always do listen, but on account of this crowd standing here, I have spoken so that they might believe that you sent me. Then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. And he came out, a cadaver wrapped from hair to toe and with a kerchief over his face. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him loose. Let's rise on our feet. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Jesus in every situation reactivates the life and the purpose of God to bring forth praise and glory. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if Jesus had tarried for two days, two weeks,